Hello, partners, friends, God lovers around the world. Thanks so much for joining us on tonight's broadcast. If you are watching this broadcast when it premieres, please like or share this broadcast every Thursday evening, 6.30 Eastern Time, AdmirSuarez.com, and all our social media channels except Instagram. Obviously, this week and next, I am not alone. I have the privilege of once again having what we call conversations, and it's just conversations with just the amazing people that God allows me to connect with around the world, relationships that God has given me. One of the things I always say is that we are living in the greatest time to be alive. It really is the greatest time to be alive. And often the body of Christ uh, is criticized or we look at things that are uh, wrong or things we could do better. And I'm not saying we don't have our challenges, but there are so many wonderful people in the vineyard working out the purposes of God and wanting everything that God has in the earth. And that's an encouragement to me because I know God hears, God answers. And, uh, and this program, I have the privilege of having Pastor Zach Rowe. He is the youth and young adult pastor, young adult pastor at Gospel Tabernacle in Dunn, North Carolina, where God has given me the privilege of living. And Zach, believe it or not, he is a uh, still a very young man at 30 years old, correct? Yeah, that's right. And at 30, in the Hebraic culture, that's when you were allowed to be a priest. Okay. And uh, that's when the, Jesus started his ministry at 30, yeah. so it wasn't... There are no accidents, scripturally, <laughs> and in the Bible, but... He's 30 years old, but he's been in ministry since he was 16 years old. He grew up in a godly home. And uh, Zach, uh, I wanted to just ask you, jumping off right here in our conversation, yeah. can, you t- can you look back at your life and say, how did your upbringing, growing up in a godly home, how did that uh, help you to discern your life purpose and you now walking out in full, full-time ministry, almost 15 years, you're only 30 right. years old. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I would say I wouldn't be who I am today without my upbringing. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, my, my parents were my first Jesus. You know, mm. they just really represented him very, very well, where, you know, it was easy for me to accept Jesus when I was learning about him because he reminded me of my parents, mm. you know, and so therefore I wanted to love him because I love my my parents mm. so well, you know, and so I remember even at VBS, of course, Jesus was always in my upbringing and, uh, you know, my um, my my parents were always in church leadership even before I was born. Every church that we were part of, my mom was the worship leader mm. uh, at those times, and my dad was always in some sort of leadership, whether if he was a deacon or an elder of some sorts. And um, but anyway, you know, I just remember one time, even as a kid, I don't even know how young I was. Um, you know, I remember at VBS when someone was just sharing to me about Jesus. I'm like, oh yeah. Th- that that's like my parents. They remind me so much of them. Wow. And of course, I want to, yeah, I, I want to love Jesus because mm. you know I love my parents so well, mm. and um, and I remember even when I got saved, I was o- I was only four years old, and it was very common every day. Uh, I would find my mom in the living room just with her and her guitar, mm. just singing songs to Jesus, just loving him. Uh, just all the time, whether if I just woke up and she was worshiping the Lord or uh, or we just came back from home, she was worshiping the Lord. It was just very common. We would just find my mm. mom just 
dumping her heart out to, to Jesus. And I remember one specific day, uh, my dad, uh, my sister and I, we just came home from some kind of errand and we just found my mom in the living room just worshiping Jesus. And it was late at night, but I remember I was just sitting uh, right in front of her. I just started singing songs with her to Jesus. And we ended up that night writing my first song, which was called Lord King. And it was all about you know, <laughs> making Jesus your Lord and everything. And, and I remember I went to bed that night and still like four years old. I was pretty amazed at this age. And I remember I was rehearsing the song that my mom and I wrote about Jesus being Lord. And then I remembered when I was laying in bed, I was thinking about hell. And I, at that time, I had full understanding of what hell was and, and what it's like and everything and, mm. and how you would go there if Jesus is not the Lord King of your heart. And I just thought, it was like, you know, I think I never made Jesus my Lord King yet. And so that morning, I remember my mom was making me cereal in my kitchen and I was standing right next to my refrigerator and I said to mom, I was like, mom, I think I've never made Jesus my Lord King. Can you help me with this? And immediately she just kneeled down and led me to Jesus, you know, at that time. And ever wow. since then, it's always been Jesus. Beautiful. I, uh, just something, as I listen to you talk, something that really struck me, and you can just add to whatever you sure. think. Uh, you said the, the God that you heard about, maybe in a service setting right. or around VBS, around the things of God. I grew up very similarly was the same God that you saw expressed through your parents. I've learned that I can certainly testify of this. Many of the habits and the disciplines that I have developed, uh, or when I began to uh, pursue the things of the Lord, pursue a godly lifestyle, put the Word of God first place, my parents never actually sat down and said, this is how you pray. Right. This is how you read the Word of God. This is how you do this. Or even just very practical life disciplines is how you man manage money. But being in that environment, I received like this impartation right. that even though it wasn't like the systematic teach you how to do it, I know that I have an impartation from my inheritance that like almost like I have to think differently not to think about it. Right. Did you find the same thing to be true? Like because of the environment that you were in, you naturally, in a sense that the common phrase we use, you caught something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the catching things that we did was, you know, uh, my parents really prioritized our time with the Lord, mm. you know, and, and um, my, the Lord actually spoke to my parents to homeschool, you know, my sister and I, uh, and I was homeschooled from you know, from first grade all the way through high school. Mm. And, um, and I just remembered, you know, my mom who, again, it was very common us finding her just spending hours spending time with the Lord. That just can, became my daily habit, you know, like mm. even in homeschooling, she was like, you know, we're just going to spend time with the Lord. Mm. And I just remember the Holy Spirit would just like drop. She would just place a CD and then all of a sudden I'm just on the floor, just weeping before Jesus. Mm. And I think we just, we always cultivated devotion you know just with the lord and with family and 
And, you know, at first it was family devotion, and then it uh-huh. ended up being personal devotion uh-huh. in my bedroom, where it was it was very common. And I wasn't purposely trying to spend time with the Lord this much, but it was like, it was very common to spend time with the Lord three hours a day, you know, in my bedroom, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, so I would say just the pursuing of the presence of Jesus and just spending time with Him was, was caught. I would say another thing that I caught from my parents so well was, uh, was serving people. My parents are one of the most serving people I have ever known, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very common to find people, um, you know, at our doorstep, you know, seeking for help or seeking pastoral, you know, counsel or whatever it may be. And, you know, they just, they always made time for people. And mm-hmm. I remember even from a young age, I mean, maybe even starting from 10, uh, it was very common where, you know, my friends started coming to me, you know, for pastoral advice, you know, and it was very uh-huh. common, you know, of me being on the phone with them till late hours in the evening, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, talking to them about the Lord or, you know, us praying together or, mm-hmm. or things of that nature. And uh, and I think just serving people, a strong work ethic, you know, these things was what I caught from my parents. So curious family devotion you start spending time with the lord so it's almost like you didn't know anything outside of that in your childhood this was a normal part of your childhood which i think is really healthy right when do you remember your first time actually just encountering the lord oh man uh you know what uh when i was four i immediately just fell in love with jesus uh, you know, for uh, I, I also got really into sports, and my number of every jersey, uh, if I was able to pick, was always four because four was such a special year of just me and the Lord. I remember I would uh, very little would climb, would try to climb up on trees or try to find little corners in the room of our house, and I would just remember saying to Jesus, Jesus, tell me a story. And, and I would mm. feel him just telling me stories, you know, of the Bible. Or there was times where he would appear to me in golden light, you know, um, mm. in, in the room. And, and, and I just fell in love with him. I, I remember hearing him so clearly. I don't think maybe it was audible, but I knew his voice. Mm. I knew the texture of his voice, the sound of his voice. Mm. And... And the closeness of hearing his voice so young, I just, um, I just loved spending time with him and to hear his voice. And um, so I would say at the age of four, I can't tell you the exact moment, but I can right, tell you right. multiple moments. I yeah. always found myself in a corner, you know, um, just talking to the Lord and saying, you know, just tell me a story. Another thing I, I caught <laughs> myself was one of the other things that my mom loved watching was Benny Hinn. And uh, and oh and my the, gosh! And and in the morning, when I was eighteen, that oh, was like absolutely. Digested. This is your day. Just and, weeping, uh, watching it. And yeah. and my mom would just watch it every morning, Benny Hinn, and I would get just caught by watching the Crusades and you know and seeing all these wheelchairs you know in a row on on the stadiums <laughs> and and I would just get pierced just just seeing the anointing on on Benny and people just encountering the Lord and. And I remember even as a young age, maybe a little bit older than four now, maybe six, seven, something like that. And um, I would literally, after watching a, a Benny Hinn episode, um, I would just lock myself in my bedroom and say, God, 
I want the anointing of healing. You know, just mm. like Benny hymned, God, please, I won't leave this room, you know, and mm. I would just like beg the Lord, you know, like mm. use me like Benny. Mm. And, uh, you know, at first it's kind of like that devotion time. It was first my mom would watch it, but then it was like I wanted to watch it. Like, I would wake up early in the mornings, you know, at 7 or 8 a.m. to watch This Is Your Day. And I would just watch it till 11 a.m., you know, wow. and just watching the, the Crusades. And I remember that was such a uh, imprint of the Lord that he placed on my heart. Mm. by watching those when I was a kid. Wow, that's phenomenal. Do you, do you, at some point, do you remember the Lord specifically saying, hey, I have a call of ministry on your life? Yeah. Or, yeah, do you, do you, what age was that? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I do, actually. So, um, so I was eight years old. It was in the month of either June or July. We were going to Disney World. It was my first time going to Disney World. And, um, and, you know, we drove all the way there. And mm-hmm. so uh, I remember uh, on the way there, my, my dad, he bought a, a, a small box TV with a VG, VHS and, and just for us to watch some movies as we were going to Disney World. And, and the, at this particular time of travel, it was getting in the evening time. I remember it was dark, like 8 o'clock. And I remember I was watching Star Wars. And as I was watching Star Wars as a little kid, eight years old, the Lord started speaking to me like super strong. And Mm. I told them uh, to my parents, turn off the movie. This is more important than Star Wars. God is speaking to me. (laughs) And uh, so they just immediately just turned off the TV. and, and, And I remember the and I started just telling them what the Lord was speaking to my heart. And um, and he actually used Benny Hinn. He was like, the Lord told me that he's going to use me like Benny Hinn one day. I, the Lord is saying that I'm going to preach the gospel to different nations. And I was going to uh, I was going to help people display the, the life of Jesus. And I was going to help train and equip people to do the Great Commission, to heal the mm. sick, cast out devils, you know, and all these things. And this is what I'm called to do. Mm. And they just looked at each other. And, uh, of course, you know, I think my mom was weeping. And, and uh, mm-hmm. several weeks later, I remember after Disney World, she came to me and she handed me a journal. And she said, this is a journal of prophetic words that the Lord has spoken to me about you. And other people have, have mm-hmm. spoken about you before you were born. It was about you preaching the gospel and for you to train and equip people to do the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and that really pierced my heart. I remember going as a kid, just reading, you know, this journal and these prophetic words to the point where I even remember, um, I did this specifically in high school. I would make copies of these journals and I would tape it on my wall. I call it the destiny wall. And, mm. and I would just write down uh, or I would post these prophetic words of my life where I would see them every day and begin to pray into them. Mm. And, um, but yeah, so the Lord spoke, shared that with me when I was eight. So you're on this progression, and I kind of noted that I think that this is one of the things that God is highlighting here as we just talk uh, today. Your, your parents provide the foundation, the atmosphere, God clearly speaks to you at 15, and then uh, now you're 30 years old, correct? Right. You're 30, married, yeah. have how many, three children? Three children, three children. One, yeah, 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 two girls and, and a boy on the way. Yeah, so three children, what's the progression of that journey? Because you're still just 30 years old, and I, because I think it's important because uh, 
when God releases us into the earth, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the exact time and season and history that he puts us in, which I think is just beyond brilliant. But you're actually on this prophetic journey and you're progressing through this journey. And tell us the in-between between 16 and now 30. Mm-hmm. Now God bringing you to a small town in North Carolina right. to, um, to work with your father-in-law, who's, who's your senior leader. Stop there at Morningstar. Mm-hmm. Tell us the progression because I always think that there's a I, I always think that there's a story. There is always a story, but oftentimes people might see just the fruit or the outward expression of a public ministry, and they don't recognize the story or the journey that God had you on to even mm-hmm. up to this moment. Right, right, yeah. So again, you want me to just share the story of when I was like whatever you want to, yeah, 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 sure. So yeah, so I, okay. Let's start this. What do you yeah. do after high school? You're like, okay, I got this call of God. What? Oh sure, yeah. sure, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, high schools, most people are like, okay, I'm gonna start deciding at least what sort of direction my life is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say just to back up just a little bit, you know, with when the Lord told me what I was going to do at eight, um, you know, my mom purposely homeschooled me. And, um, and so basically even in my schooling, we kind of aimed towards like the calling of, of okay. my heart, you know, so like history was God generals, you know, okay. by Robert and, you okay. know, okay. And, and, okay. you know, and it was all, everything was, so was again, again, your parents are really doing what a parent, you know, biblically, I think they should be doing is really, uh, zeroing in on your life assignment already. Yeah, you know, it says in Proverbs, it says, you know, like, prepare the way where they should go, Mm -hmm. and when they get old, they will return to it. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, with that, it's like, I think prepare the way that they should go. I think it's knowing uh, the prophetic calling that's on their life, you Mm -hmm. know? What what are the things that they're passionate about, you know? They really lean into And and therefore, you you put your finances in it, you know? You put your time, you know, in those things. And so, you know, I did sports, but then all of a sudden, you know, I would go to like, you know, summer camps and I was part of, you know, Christian ministries uh, at a young age and everything. And, um, and so, yeah, so, you know, so they really, I guess, prepared that way. And I think even homeschooling was such a pivotal thing because I think, I just had a, I think I would have had a really big head in high school, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I think that just really, um, it it just kept me humble, you know, and kept me, you know, not being distracted of the things of of this world. So I I would say another big pivotal thing, and this would lead me to after high school, is um, another thing that really marked me was I remember I was 16 years old and I watched The Finger of God. Uh, have you seen that documentary, course, The Finger yeah. of God? And I remember... I can't believe it's been that long ago. I know, right? It's yeah. been like forever. And I remember seeing um, Bethel and all these Bethel students doing treasure hunts. Mm. And they were laying hands on the sick and the students were, you know, like the people were getting healed by them. Mm. And and when I saw that, I was like, that's what I want to do. You know, I was mm. like, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to do it. You know, I really want to just preach the gospel. I want to see people healed. I just want to do it. And I remember um, I was 16 years old. My first job was I was working at the Polar Express at, uh, at, at the train station in Bryson City, North Carolina. And, <laughs> um, and I was dressed up as a chef. It was just theater work. 
and I was driving home from work, and, and I remember the song that was playing through my iPod, uh, my iPod at that time was Cast, uh, Casting Crowns as We Are the Body, you know, like, why are your hands healing, mm-hmm. you know, and all that stuff. And I was singing this song, and I was feeling so convicted. I was like, God, I was like, let me be your hands, you know, I want to heal the sick and all these things. I remember uh, the Lord told me, he was like, okay, do it. And this was like 10 p.m. and I was coming home from, from work. And then he said, I want you to go to Walmart. And long story short, um, I went to, to Walmart. I was debating whether or not I should go. The Lord told me to go. And uh, the Lord told me to give money to someone. And I remember I was at Walmart with, wearing my chef hat and everything, just awkwardly approaching people and saying, hey, I'm a Christian. Jesus loves you. And I feel like he's supposed to tell me to tell you he loves you. And here's some money. And I got refused a couple times. I actually got kicked out of Walmart by giving people, <laughs> trying to give people money. And, um, and then I saw this Cherokee family, gave them money. They were so appreciative. And I was able to talk to the Lord and it just ignited my heart. And right there, I just knew from the age of 16, I want to evangelize. And so huh. I started doing this thing as much as I could, uh, start from 16 only through high school. You know, frequently I would say, God, I'll give you two hours. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And uh, so my goal after high school was I was planning to go to Bethel. I wanted to go to, you know, to BSSM to do the work of an evangelist. And, um, and I had a group of friends. Uh, I talked them into to go to Bethel with me. Uh, I actually even met with Bill Johnson. And, um, and, uh, and, and he wanted me to go to Atlanta Bethel because they just planted that school. But I just wanted to go to Reading. And I remember, uh, you know, I was asking God for confirmation. I remember I was ridiculous. I was like, God, uh, it, I would go to at a restaurant. I would order some water. I was like, God, if there's ice in my cup, I'll take that as confirmation for you, me to go to bed. <laughs> and I remember I was always asking confirmation, but I knew in my heart it wasn't the Lord. And my mom at that time uh, was constantly going to Morningstar, going to conferences over there like the, you know, the, the Heart of David conference or the Harvest conference. And I remember even since I was homeschooled, she was able to take me to some conferences from time to time. And to be quite honest with you, I had a really um, bad understanding of, of Morningstar. I thought these were just tons of old hippies who just loved Jesus. And I thought I was the only young guy there at Morningstar. And, and, and I just honestly uh, didn't want to go to Morningstar, but Morningstar University was there. And my mom so wanted me to go. And at the age of 18, I just graduated high school. Uh, I was planning on going to Bethel. And she said, just go to Harvest Fest with me just this time. Check out MSU. And if the Lord tells you to not go, then I won't bring it up anymore. And so I went to, uh, to Morningstar, went to the Harvest Festival, and the Lord just grabbed a hold of me. Um, the first day, I remember I was knocked on the floor by the presence of God. And I remember she was introducing me to a couple of leaders there. One person was Tom Hardiman. And, um, and just to keep it, keep it short here, um, you know, I remember Tom just said, you know, Zach, if you decide to come to Morningstar University, I feel like you have favor here. And, huh. and I remember um, when I was there and seeing how the school was created and, and it was really as it was really focused to train, equip and release. I was like, I could see the flesh of the prophetic bones on my life, you know. Uh, but also it was 
it was what's what was on your heart originally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, and I want to hear the rest ahead. of the story. But here's what I'm sensing as we land this broadcast. Fortunately, we have time constraints on this broadcast where I let you go forever, Joe Rogan style. But here's the thing. I just have this sense as you've told your story, you're supposed to pray for parents who they're like, man, I it, it might not be ministry, but I just want my kids to have everything that God has purpose in their life. I want them to walk with God, right. whether it be a school teacher, whatever business person. I don't care what it is. That's how my parents were. Right. But that they would have the wisdom as your parents had the wisdom. And we're not saying any parent's perfect. There's right. no parent Absolutely. that's perfect. Right. But I want you to pray for people watching this that as they've listened, they're like, I want my kid to, I want the wisdom to raise him as God intends him to raise him. And then whatever right. else God gives you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Lord, I just pray for all the parents right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just pray right now for the parents to have first love with you. Lord, I just pray right now, Father, that Lord, may the parents, the the fathers and the mothers Mm -hmm. be like a lightning rod in their house that God as they just stretch out towards you and and put their hearts onto you that God that that your power and your might and your presence would strike them like a lightning rod that would affect the entire house in Jesus name that 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 they will be the channel that the power of God and the presence of God will move through to establish power and presence in their house where their family, their kids will be struck by lightning. They will be affected by the presence of God because of your prayer life. May this be first in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the first love of their hearts to be baptized again with fire in Jesus' name. That God, that their kids will see uh, them pursuing God and they too would want what you have in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And I was watching as he was just praying. I just saw Northeast city. You have a child, you have a son. He's got a biblical name. He's away from the Lord and he is coming home. You can stay. He's, he's actually completely acting opposite the purpose of God, but he's coming home and you can uh, remember this moment and know that God is speaking. You do not despair woman of God. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with Pastor Zach Rowe, Gospel Tabernacle. We'll see you next week.